You are listening to Lost and Rewound on Radio Free Brooklyn. Time to get embarrassed with us. again congratulations it's 3 p.m on the east coast and you are tuned into lost and rewound on radio free brooklyn my name is alan danziger i am the host and producer that puts together this hour and each and every week we clean off all the dirt that represents our past because that's why we do this show because we want to connect the dots between then and now and learn a little bit about who we used to be and maybe gain a little perspective we are on the radio free brooklyn app For Android or iPhone, you should download it. Go to the Google Play Store for Android or the App Store for iPhone. And Otherwise, you should also sign up for the Radio Free Brooklyn newsletter. Just go to RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash newsletter. And if you sign up for it, you can rest assured that it will only hit your inbox once a month because we are dedicated to a spam-free world. Finally, check out any of our past episodes on our profile page at radiofreebrooklyn.org slash LAR. You can check us out on pretty much anywhere you get your podcasts, SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify. Um, We're also on Podomatic. And otherwise, check out for all of our new episodes on our profile page in which you will see that drop-down player from Megaphone, a rather nifty, nifty player indeed. Just me and Catherine this week. Just only you. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> Catherine, has, you have been such a positive force in making this show happen. I really, really appreciate you being here every week and every time you have come here, you bring nothing but laughs. You make me laugh. You are like my uh, complete opposite. And that is why this show thrives because of your involvement. Um, so what you're saying is you make the show not happen and you suck the fun out of life. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, you're just tears crying. I'm, I'm tears crying. Um, <laughs> we do. Yeah. I mean, honestly, like you and Will and now uh, Rachel have been uh, very, uh, I've been very fortunate to be joined by such a good team. Unfortunately, Will cannot make it. And Rachel is out of town because uh, she is actually collecting some uh, footage that she is going to be contributing to the show very soon. So I'm personally excited for that. You make it sound like that's what she's out of town for. Like she's on somewhere in the world is 
Carmen oh, San Diego oh, yeah. adventure, just trying to find her old footage specifically for Lost and Rewound. <laughs> She's going deep, very hard into the, the trees, uh, into the sticks, into the woods, into all of the lumber. I went to this schoolyard, now it's trees. <laughs> <laughs> this was a microwave, now it's all filled with nuts and berries, right? Oh, that's how the line goes? Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> that classic line? Yeah. So this was a shopping mall. Now it's all covered with daisies. You got it. You got it. This was a school, an Olympic swimming pool, and now it's covered in moss. On this episode, on this week, some really delightful uh, sort of found footage, if you will, uh, from your past. What makes it found footage? The fact that I found it? Because it, it. it was never missing. It was never missing. It was never missing. But you just refused to to contribute it up until only just recently. Well, I mean, it was in the form of VHS. Yes. So. And we've listened to some of it. We will listen to the remaining parts of it later. Before we get to that, we wanted to uh, follow up from last week's episode uh, in where we listened to a mixtape of non-singles, mostly just like obscure, like filler of the album, all put t- together <laughs> to make one <laughs> glorious ninety-minute mixtape. Wait, so it's just not the popular ones? I mean, "Black Balloon" by Goo Goo Dolls was a single, and I'm pretty sure that there were some other singles in there. But Rachel made it clear that it was a very obscure tape that I made in terms of like the songs that not many people would have expected. Yeah, but no. uh, we what we teased in there was that uh, there were other tapes that I found, and due to the fact that we're a little bit low on personnel this week, <laughs> we can certainly uh, have a, a, a ball with uh, you just picking out of a hat random tapes from my collection that I brought with me. And uh, whatever tape I think stands out the most, if it's a, you know, a mix of like several different artists, we'll probably have to choose as our next uh, subject of mixtape examining. You know? Sure. Sure. <laughs> if, you can, if you can call it examining. A review. A review. A mixtape review. A mixtape review. Well, I mean, I don't have the tapes in front of me, but uh, you've already started on this trek and you found some Beastie Boys mixtapes. Is yeah. that correct? Criterion Collection. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> First of all, you, did you make as many mixtapes as you see in this, no. in this box? No. You didn't make mixtapes? <sighs> you didn't make like a playlist? Okay. See, this is a hard one to answer because obviously I existed before tape, right? Obviously. No, wait. I'm like, after tape. Fuck it. I'm 21, but everything I'm about to say still happened. <laughs> Fair. Um, yeah, no, I, I had mixtapes given to me as like romantic gestures. I'm sure. Um, and I, was, I never got that. Really? You never no. got a mixtape? I'm sorry. No. Did you even get a playlist? <laughs> I think I made a CD playlist or I made like a mixed CD for someone I met off the internet and sent them the CDs, and I never got a response back, basically meaning that I was a total clown. Was it because she was scared you found her address? Oh, that's cruel. (laughs) I got her address well beforehand, and she probably was upset that she shared it. Oh, no. Why? (laughs) Because that's what happens when you get discourse in the internet. You just, you you make friends. I met an internet person uh, who allowed me access to his playlist, like whatever, Spotify, Pandora, I don't fucking know. But mm-hmm. like something, he's like, the rule is you can only add, you can't subtract. And it's like, Ooh. 
So this is like part of his thing that he does, like when he's wooing people. So like essentially this probably is just a playlist filled with things from women he's fucked. Wow. So you basically get a, an inside look to seeing all these songs that existed on the playlist before you came around. I guess. But he was a total sleazebo, so I didn't really like look. That just seems a little bit too transparent. No? How is that too transparent? Because you're sharing songs that clearly existed before you and reminded him of, you know, like, oh, this song reminds him of this person who contributed this song ever ago, but he kept it on as a memento. I feel like that's deep. That's way deeper than what this fuckboy was about. Dirty laundry. Mm, I guess. But like, it's basically like saying, here's all these clothes I bought. If you want to put more shirts in this bucket. Go ahead. And then, like, you smell the shirts and you're like, this is clearly. <laughs> Why haven't you just cleaned it up yet? <laughs> Not your shirt. For um, sure. Yeah. I don't know. I just, uh, I think some guys are sleazebos, like, that, that have, like, things that they do. Like, you know, he had his thing where he makes a bunch of people that he's going to eventually fuck, like, add a song or two to his fucking playlist, right? But then I dated another guy who made me a mixtape who drew our first kiss as gift wrap. And then he did it for the next girl he dated. That's stupid. Yeah. They, that is stupid. Yeah. And and the mixtape that he made for me, which was a compact disc made off a playlist from his like sure. Apple um, or MacBook rather. That was something that he did with like his ex. Gotcha. Like, you know, on his computer, because we both used his computer at some point. Like there was just like all these mixtapes for his ex. It's like, oh, you're so out of ideas. I just wish I had more experience, like being attracted to somebody who I want enough, enough. Like that's like a, a very personal part of me. And I mentioned this last week that not a lot of times that I would share my playlists, et cetera, or make mix CDs or make mix tapes for anybody of you know possible interest, you know, a crush, if you will. Um, I remember I actually ended up pocketing it and I never gave it to her. I made a mix CD of me first and the Gimme Gimme songs for like a musical theater friend and never gave it to her. Like I just, I, I it was in my car forever and I just never got around to it. Is it in here? It is not. But let's see what else is on that topic. Kick it! A Beastie Boys tape of all their 90s work. Kicking it off is Check Your Head, followed by Most of Ill Communication. Part one of two series of jamming freestyle rapping from the one and only Beastie Boys mixed and recorded by Alon Danzinger, 1998. I still, to this day, do not own Ill Communication and Check Your Head. But what I did was I remember I was very proud of myself that I had my um, uh, my dad's friend, uh, my old godfather. I, uh, it's, it's an episode along, a very special episode of Lost and Rewound that's uh, a few years old now. Uh, and where I uh, document my travels and my experiences going to concerts all the time with this remarkable dude who I was lucky to know uh, throughout my uh, upbringing. And he would take me to shows as like my guard as like a guardian. And, you know, he's my dad's friend from childhood. And him and his wife uh, lived in Long Island out way out like Suffolk area. And he listened to all the same music I did. If not, he was more hip. He was like much hipper. He had all the music that I would otherwise have had if I was cooler and a little older. He had the Beastie Boys tapes, and I figured, oh, 
So I just recorded in like one of those double tape deck stereos and I just used these tapes and I recorded check your head and ill communication. And then like that was the, you know, there's the part one and then there's the part two uh, of this series. Yeah. That was how I listened to my Beastie Boys for a while. Did you put this out of order, like, or did you just do it in order? I, I did it consecutive, Kath. I wanted to make sure that it was consecutive. I wanted to check your head and ill communication on one tape and then ill communication on Hello Nasty on the other one. But it's not like, you didn't, like, mix it around. You didn't, like, nah. do, like, this song, then that song or whatever. It's just, like, you played it and you recorded it. Take a look at the playlist. It's right there in front. I'm not going to remember <laughs> if, it's, I, I, if it's in I'm, the right I'm order. Pretty, I'm pretty sure it's in the consecutive order. Nothing's mixed around. Okay. So it's not really a mixtape. Exactly. <laughs> there is a few tapes, I think, in this box that aren't even so much mixtapes. They're just, I recorded these tapes, these CDs this onto tape. This thing is a lie. That, no, no, no. Just no. kidding, go on. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> just look through another tape. I'm telling you, there are tapes in, look, you just wanted to cold uh, put the, the, the tapes into your hand and then figure it out from there. Yeah. Like a good improviser, I trust that you know what you're doing. Well, what I enjoy, thank you, uh, what I enjoy is that I read this, and I was like, oh, okay, that's ridiculous. And then I read this, and I'm like, is this the same thing? How did he manage to copy it twice? Like, this is almost photorealistic image. Like, it, your handwriting is particular. <laughs> <laughs> would, you, would you call it spectacular? Particular. Partic- it's particular. It's particular. It's particular. You're very particular handwriting. Chicken scratch, I think they call it at down, down, uh... <laughs> there's down, a the, loop, down the way <laughs> there's a loop in your eye like your capital eyes have a weird loop so it's in it's present in both gigants. um but yeah here let's read this because it's hilarious a beastie boys tape of all their 90s work the party continues as the few last songs wrap up off ill communication 1994 followed by the current album Hello Nasty, 1998, part two of two, series of those wanky beastie boys, mixed and recorded by Alon Danzinger, 1998. You ever remember how like a Q, a cursive Q just looked like a two? No. No? I'm pretty sure it kind of looked like a two. I think I'm picturing a Q and... But the cursive capital Q. Like, when mm. I made ones and twos... Oh, I don't even know what the I, capital Q looks like. When I wrote ones and twos, I couldn't make them look any different. They always looked exactly the same. My handwriting has, over the years, improved, but I have notoriously terrible penmanship, in which uh, has manifested into a John Hancock, of which has grown into a few, I don't know, loops. It's pretty successful. Yeah, you do add loops where no one... No one in history has added loops. Like you put a loop in a capital I. You have this has to be like a picture that you share with the world because I can't better explain what I'm looking at. You should take a look and see what else you can find in this box. Oh man, Uh, that's amazing. I also love that it's not a mixtape. I would like. I was gonna commend you on the fact that you like sat there to get just the offbeat ones, like that nobody knows. Uh, did you ever sit there for the, like, do the radio thing? Say that now? The radio thing where you, like, wait for your song to come on, you're like, click. You yeah, said we, you did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've, we've covered that a few times in the past. Oh, wow. Songs from the underground. Okay. What's that? Okay. I forget. Now, I'm sure everybody has in mind what songs from the underground might be, but wait. <laughs> Featuring Beck. 
soul coughing <laughs> and Jamiroquai. Yeah, Jamiroquai. Plus much more. A mix of songs that never reached airplay. <laughs> <laughs> Recorded by Alan Danzinger. Really? Songs from the underground? Wouldn't it just be songs from the B-side? <laughs> Did that not sound as sexy? I cannot read this. I think it's a manifesto or a ransom letter. I don't know what's on here. Well, let me see. Let me see if Milk, I can read. Garbage? Yep. Okay. Is this what you played? This is what you played. This is what I played, yes. I knew it immediately. The moment I saw milk. Wow. Does, does anything else stand out there on that in that list other than the garbage song? Did we? Did I keep it pretty male-centric like I did on the last one? Did we get to touch this? No. Okay, so we didn't see this last time. I didn't know. Okay. Nothing, wow. I left that tape at home. Wow, you left. This is taped. Shut. What? What are you hiding? Nothing. You're hiding nothing. Okay. Let's see what else. <laughs> You're like, what national treasure secrets am I going to find in here? It's <laughs> a tape shut. There's got to be secrets. Is there drugs in here? <laughs> okay. You wish. I do. In the Arms of Sleep by the Smashing Pumpkins. Mm. Goldfinger Pictures. No, it is man. Tori Amos. What song? Fiona Apple. Um, Little Amsterdam. Fiona Apple is Sullen Girl. Hmm. I think that's it, though. So for like 1998, three females, that's like a lot. Sure. <laughs> uh, it's a, it's an improvement. Yeah. Over the, the last tape where I just had one garbage song, which is really not much of a counting other than you know, having a, a front woman, but is an otherwise male band. You know that they were just a bunch of dudes who were like, we're not hot. Let's get a hot chick. Basically. No, that straight up happened. It's not basic. It's like I, I, step I'm by not, step. I'm not surprised if it's Butch Vig in the, in the the helm. Then yes, is that who they are? Butch Vig was the guy who produced uh, Nevermind by Nirvana, but he played the drums oh. for Garbage. Wow, Butch Vig. Butch Vig. So I've known about Garbage for a while. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Did not know the name of anybody except for Shirley Manson. I'll ra- raise you this: I did not know who Killing Joke were until you referred to them last week. Oh, really? Yeah. It's funny that you should mention that because uh, we just bumped into the person that introduced me to Killing Joke, the people that Nirvana stole right. Come As You Are from. Mm-hmm. It was kind of crazy to see. That's a pretty fucking far out band. I, I did not know much about them, but now I am schooled uh, pretty significantly on them. Yeah, my friend uh, Matt Eller turned me on to it, and you can take his class at Ohm Factory Yoga. Well, I'll tell you, I have no killing joke on these tapes. <laughs> There's nothing that cool. All right, we. I need to ask. I don't know. Oh, what am I? Okay. <clears throat> what is? <laughs> I don't even know what the question is. Okay. Your family values. One, listen to the music. Two, hate everything. Three, be hardcore. Is this something that was like in a a corn album or did you come up with this? I think I just came up with it. You came up with this. Can I be really honest with you? I've never heard this tape. I recorded it and never listened to it. This is the one that you need to do. In ninth grade, I made friends with uh, these three kids who came to school and they were the skaters. They They just happened to start ninth grade all at the same time and they became like fast friends because they were all skateboarders all kind of like, you know, very disillusioned with being in this new private school. 
No different than how I was two years prior. But more importantly, they all listened to hardcore music. And Korn at the time had come up with their smash hit, Follow the Leader. <laughs> Follow the Leader, I think, was the name of the album, right? Or, right? It, it, it says it on there. Yeah, it sounds Family familiar. Values? Or Maybe. No. The Hardcore Sounds from Follow the Leader. Follow from the Leader. Your right. That's the name of the album. Ideal Family Value. Yeah. Korn. <laughs> Well, that doesn't make any sense. Did you write this? I Did you wrote come it. Up with I this? come up with that. I came up with that. What does your family values mean? Is that the name of their album or a song? I think I just decided to give. <laughs> I decided to give this mix of this mix a taped version of "Follow the Leader" and just call it something else, which is both one lazy and two very uninspired, and it doesn't even help the fact that I recorded this. Because I borrowed the CD from Elijah Hirschmugel, and shout out to Elijah for uh, doing that, because I don't imagine he really gave a fuck, but he let me borrow it so I could record it, and then I gave him back the CD the next day at school, and then I had this tape where I had a recorded album that I did not listen to, because I didn't give a fuck about corn. I gave a fuck about corn for like 10 minutes. So, <laughs> not you're... counting the tape recording. <laughs> Which was at least 45. Exactly. <laughs> of minute where you were doing something else. <laughs> Cutting carrots. Um, so Skater Boys came to town. You wanted to impress them, so you decided to pretend to like corn. You then were like, I don't own corn, and I'm not going to spend money on it. I'll just borrow it from my friend. Now I've got it. I possess it. This so was, I'm cool. <laughs> this was the beginning of a flirtation with hardcore music. I, I didn't want to be oblivious to music that was happening and was being uh, performed at the same venue that I was going to. And two of these guys were actually in a band that uh, was really quite good, and they were fantastic uh, musicians. So I was not hating whatsoever. I was more than happy to support friends and acquaintances that I was lucky to know just through you know coming up. And they were always in this you know, very deep, hardcore scene. So after high school... Uh, I decided I'd take this even further, and I went ahead with, like, the very little hardcore, like, appreciation knowledge that I picked up from high school. I, uh, in college, um, through Friendster, connected with somebody on the site that I uh, decided to meet in Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania for the Posse Numbers Hardcore Show. I've talked about this only one other time, and it was the most bizarre experience. It, it, it the, the, this tape just reminds me that it was like the first time that I flirted with the idea of enjoying hardcore music. But granted, that was some commercial pop garbage versus uh <laughs> versus like the underground positive hardcore movement of which requires everybody to not drink at all, sport a lot of tattoos and piercings, and you know maybe not eat meat, perhaps. Um, I ate meat. I did not have any piercings or tattoos, and I was, uh, you know, with a full head of hair, and I was like looking totally out of place in Kingston, Pennsylvania, going to this show that I had no business being in. I had no business being there. I was on my own. I was adventuring, meeting people from the internet who liked hardcore music and were like even more deep into it. And that was like something I think I discovered just like being on the internet was how much people really dug underground music. Not like underground, like Beck or Jumeiroquai or like <laughs> any other stuff you're listening to. But yeah, just, you know. Milk. Very, exactly. 
I am milk. I am not the kitchen. I don't know how I forget the lyrics. It's the last song on the album. I'm waiting. Oh, I love that song. Oh, and then the hardcore version would be like, I'm waiting. I'm waiting for you. <laughs> See, but like, again, like between high school and college, like, I don't know who I was trying to impress. I felt, I, I, I sensed. Catherine, my intention was to simply just branch out and be like inclusive to all types of music of the guitar crunching variety. I don't think anybody actually likes corn. I think everybody pretends to like corn because someone they know likes corn. You think so? I liked it because someone I liked liked it. I see. I didn't like corn. It was a scenester band. Yeah. Probably. His name was Harley. Fuck Harley. He didn't drive a Harley. He did. <laughs> He just wore a jacket. <laughs> he drove a Geo. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> I think it was an SUV. Um, they did make SUVs. Oh. They were they were more or less Chevy SUVs. Maybe we, it was that. <laughs> we have uh, let, 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 let's, let's let's back. Enough said. Moving on. <laughs> Why are you picking the non mixtapes? This is so funny. Uh, I just reached in the bag. What what is that? Is that Midnight Vultures and Mutations and Odalay featuring his ninety eight release Imitations. Mutations. Right. Your handwriting's terrible. <laughs> like, yes. We've been over this. Like, okay. Theoretically, I understand that it's an M and a U. Anyway. And his current release of 1999, Midnight Vultures, made for John School? Huh? Recorded by Lon Danzinger. Zony pre-recordings? Oh, I think I had a fake uh, production arm that I created. What was it called? Zony? Zony recordings? Zony! I'm not hallucinating. It no. says fucking Zony. It says Zony recordings. Wow. What does it mean? I don't, I mean, it was all based from the Danziger Zone, Catherine. Okay. So, it's derivative, <laughs> you see. Amazing. Wait, let me me find the one I want you to find. No, 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 there's there's so many tapes in here that are not like actual legit mixtapes that they're just like recorded tapes that I'm embarrassed. There's real big fish turn the radio off, which and then Bucko Nine's uh, album called Five O, and then Who's Your Daddy, which is literally more of the same swing revival bullshit that we were going over last week, featuring the swinging tunes of Big Bad Voodoo Daddy and the Cherry Poppin' Daddies, two great neo swing bands. Which is Neo your swing daddies? Which is your fave? Who are you asking? I love it. Oh my god, I love it. Ska Rific Tunes was the one we were talking about just before. 90 minutes of two amazing ska bands. Two 90 minutes of two amazing ska bands. <laughs> the Technophiles Party Mix Volume 2 with songs from Orbital and Prodigy. Explore the five hardcore sounds of Prodigy and five mystical rhythms. You can't even read. <laughs> I just wanted to like check myself before I totally wrecked myself over the year. I just said five mystical rhythms. That's a tongue twister. Five mystical rhythms. How many Zony productions are there? there there's a lot. How many of these are Zony sanctioned? 
<laughs> more than I could remember. I feel like the Danziger Zone all was supposed to be a part of Zony recordings at some point. Is this a Zony production? This whole thing is a Zony production. Radio Free Brooklyn is a Zony production. Wow. <laughs> it's all like tail eating, it, it, tail eating the head. Not the head eating the no. tail. That sounds about right, though. Maybe we'll play one of these one day when yeah. we have more people. What? To... to- <laughs> to enjoy this more. Yeah, I think corn needs to happen. But it's just oh corn, God. right? Yeah. We will, you wouldn't want to waste our nah, show on that. I no. could bring in my compact disc. Compact. Yeah, I used to play corn with my friend. It's so funny. We, when we wanted to clean. Yeah, so we would play corn because obviously this guy that I was into was into corn, so now I'm into corn, right? Sure. It was a group of people? Yeah, I can't remember what their group was. I think they were just the druggies. Or <laughs> the hippies? No, they were... I don't know what we called them. Like the bikers, but they weren't bikers. I don't fucking know. Well, let's go into the next segment after this quick break. We will dive right back into the world of Catherine Dunn. I'm pretty sure I'm going to get arrested. (laughs) Lost and Rewound, Radio Free Brooklyn. Radio Free Brooklyn is a 501c3 nonprofit organization whose mission is to provide a free and open platform to our community and promote media literacy, education, and free expression. We rely primarily on donations from listeners like you. To help support our mission, we invite you to make a one-time donation or monthly pledge at radiofreebrooklyn.org/donate. Every cent helps us to continue to stay on the air. So please support independent community media by pledging whatever you can afford. All contributions are tax deductible to the fullest extent of the law. Again, that's radiofreebrooklyn.org slash donate. Catherine, you could be normally heard here every Saturday. You have a show at 3 p.m. and you have a show at 7 p.m. Uh, what would you say are the stark differences between the shows that you're doing, um, either of those shows, and what you're doing here? No one's naked, except for the one lady with the booty hole but, but we, <laughs> that we got to see. Sure, sure. But uh, no, I, they're very different. Yeah. Um, I don't know that Art Star Scene and, my, and, and Dunson are too different. I would say that like Dunson started out as a storytelling show, and now it's more of like a call-in show. Which is predominantly what uh, our star scene radio is as in some capacity or was at, at, at least at some point. I don't think we were ever a call-in show. Sometimes we would prank people, but then we found out you were a call out show. Yeah. Well, we were totally a call out show. <laughs> Even if it's a subtle call out. <laughs> saucy. Yeah, we're saucy. But yeah, no, uh, Faceboy has always said that our star scene radio is about an hour long. Yep. And I would say that that's similar to Dunson. <laughs> Because whatever could happen uh, to allow it to be two hours long, that'd be like just too much ass. Well, I mean, two hours long is just like listen to both shows. Exactly. Yeah. That's fair. Um, And, you know, being on a show like this, what made you decide to get into radio? (laughs) So it wasn't really like a thing that I decided so much as it just kind of happened. But that's like a, a theme in my life. I was doing Radical Vaudeville. And Faceboy was there. I thought Faceboy was Rob. Just because I was like, oh, he does all the things. He must be Rob. Because I didn't know who Rob was. And, uh, you know, I saw him do this bit where he was like, oh, I'm not going to do anything dirty today. I I wrote a poem and I would like to share that with you. I just have to find it. 
And then he goes through his bag and he takes out like a sex toy and he takes out like a ball gag and then it's like poppers and something that's supposed to look like a giant bag of cocaine and like then a teddy bear. And he's like taking all these things out. He's like, oh, I can't find it. And he's like being totally real, like, oh no, it's nowhere. And he's like, oh, maybe I wrote it on my chest. And I can't remember what it said, but it was something nasty and it pointed down. And then he turns around, he's like, maybe it's, and then he turns around. He's like, oh no, where is it? And it just says like, fuck hole for his butt with an arrow. And I'm like, who are you? Um, and that was the first time I spoke to him. I was like, I don't know who you are, but I love what you just did. <laughs> and he was like, oh, I love flattery. Um, and then the last episode happened and I was like, okay, I guess I'll never see you again. He's like, yeah, I guess I'll never see you again. And he's like, wait, do you want to be a guest on my show? I'm and like, the rest is history. Yeah. It was funny because I was like, oh, do you mean the one that they won't, like the radio station that won't let me have a show? He's like, yeah, that one. So you were more comfortable in front of the camera than you were behind the microphone for a long time. I guess. I don't know about comfortable so much as just accustomed to being there. So like even when I was a photo student, I wound up being the model for most other people. You were a photo student? Yeah, that was what I studied. I do not think I knew that. Now you do. Yeah, I studied photography. You studied photography based out of your sheer love of the documentation that you were a part of? No, I studied photography because I found out that if I wanted to do film, I'd have to work in groups. (laughs) And I was like, fuck people, I'm going to do photo. Sure. So you you did it as a way to uh, combat the requirements uh, for collaboration. I guess, yeah. I wanted to create, but I didn't want to deal with people. (laughs) So I was like, oh, I'm not going to go to SVA for film. I'll go for photography. And then like stuck with it. How long did you go to SVA for? No, it was just like a summer program in in high school kind of thing. But maybe I'd already taken like photo photo class with a teacher that loved me. I'm like, oh, I don't need more photo classes. Like I've already done that. Um, And I was like, I want to do film. And they're like, okay, great. You're going to assemble a team. And I'm like, wait, what do you mean a team? And And then that's when you... Yeah. So I wanted to go to SVA specifically for film. Nothing else. Yeah. And then when I found out that I was going to have to work with people, I was like, oh, no, I'll just take more classes of the thing I already know. When did it come to pass that you bit the bullet effectively and allowed yourself to just work with people anyway without that concern? (laughs) <laughs> without that concern that clearly you know was has like a specter over your your shoulders i'll let you know sure when it happens that's a fair question <laughs> that's a fair answer to a very vague question you know I, I i legitimately get shit on for saying this but i fucking hate people still i sorry hate, people I, I, i'm hating people a lot more lately but I like individuals more. Yes. I, I, I'm, I'm a friend. I'm, ha- I'm ever the more happy with individuals. I find that I tolerate most individuals. And I've learned to tolerate individuals because I used to be real, quote unquote. What does that mean? A bitch. Okay. Like, if I don't like you, you know I don't like you. And then um, I started working in film. And you're not really supposed to not like anybody until you're super famous and powerful. Then you can not like everybody. Um, but I was like, oh, I have to be kind of like nice to everybody because everybody could know somebody who's then going to like just fuck with you. Um, so I worked with somebody that I did not like on someone else's project. I'm like, I can't fucking stand this guy. But then he asked me to do more projects with him because he liked me. And I was like, well, that's cool. So then I started to like him and I was like, oh, maybe not everybody is terrible forever. Do you find yourself staying friends with 
women in your life than men or vice versa? I don't know. I think, uh, I really don't know. I have no idea. I have more male friends, but I've always had more male friends. You've always had more male friends than uh, you've had female friends. Maybe. I mean, I definitely had like best female friends in high school. Yeah. And the, like I hung out with like my girl, Shalisha, and I hung out all the time. Yeah. Um, and then like before that, it was like girl best friends. But I think it's always been a mix. And more recently, I've been among guys. Right. You're, I don't know why, though. I think women just don't like me. But back in the day, did that transpire as well? Or is it has it become more of a 21-year-old Catherine versus a 16-year-old Catherine? What is the question? Exactly. Yeah, the, the connection that you have with one gender or this gender or the next. I mean, obviously, there are I've many never- genders that you're friends with now. But uh, at the time, um, that was, you know, when you were in this video, um, it seems like you're more chummy with men or with boys effectively than you are even though you've already come out as bisexual at this point i'm not attracted to the guys in this video though that's correct yeah they're just hanging out with me we're just bros broing you're broing out yeah like the thing is and in the first video that we ever showed of mine uh it was kind of fun i don't know if it was the first no this, it wasn't. this video this video was not the first video that we've uh, contributed you've contributed no, no, no. but because that epic video was its own episode. That was insane. The one where you like go driving around with your friends. Yeah, that was um, at, at least it's what the lion's share of the video was. But this one is the one that starts out where you are being a little bit, um, you know, touchy-feely, you could say, with, uh, the, with, with a few of your uh, na- not-to-be-named uh, contemporary uh, co-eds, sexually. Are you talking about the beginning of... Asexually? Asexually? Are you talking about the beginning of the video, the tape itself, or are you talking about the video of, of a section? You well, mean, like, where we're mocking a porn? The one where you're mocking a porn is section one of the video that we are playing. We are going to be focusing on section two. Yeah. So section one is my quote-unquote girlfriend, my gay friend, and my future boyfriend. And then this one, who are the uh, characters that we can be hearing aside from yourself? Uh, two creepy dudes. Ah, and creepy dudes. a friend that they brought over who's blonde. Let's take a listen. Mm-hmm. Do you want to put the light on? No. Chad. Mom. Um, I'm going to go Hold on. Some right. Hello? Uh-huh. Yes, I'm 30. Say something. I know, but... I know. Say something. Oh, I'm glad you like it. What? Nothing. Just hanging. So uh, is it okay? Just talk about yourself. Okay. Uh huh. All right. Turn it off, you fool. Yeah. Say something. That's it. That's it. Okay. Oh, How's it going? <laughs> That's okay. That Pretty good. good. How's it going with you? Pretty good. Speak. Say something. Say something about yourself. You're blonde. You have blue eyes. You're hey, check it out. Old. This is Catherine's new beeper, everyone. The one that she's been begging for for like her life. Look, and it's blue. And look. Beep, beep, beep. See, mine's cooler. Obviously. Clear. Her memory's full. Retarded. By the way, here's a little secret. She's in love with. <gasps> 
Ah, quem tá aí? <risos> What do you want me to say? I don't know. What do you want to say? Alright, ready? Smile for the picture. Blue Beaver! Move your foot, boy. Move it or die. Yo, this is too innocent. Here, give me yours then. Give me it, give me it. Get off. Ah! Give me the car. Give me the camera. Just push the little red button. Put, push the button. Push. So then make it not so innocent anymore, Captain. Put on that little 80s thing that you had on. It was the 70s. That's what I meant. Captain, has to look beautiful for her pitch. Okay, nobody look. Okay. I'm trusting you all. No Danny. One <laughs> I'm recording, you fool. No, I'm not, you fool. No, press. Oh my god. I don't know what the fuck we just heard. Well, it sounds to me like you're hosting three uh, typical boys. Uh-huh. Um, and you, as you mentioned, are uh, just, you know, keeping it chill. Uh, you know, it's just a kind of a cordial experience of, you know, having friends over. It seemed like, you know, as you said in the past episodes of where we are, you know, listening to your clips, that you are uh, quite an entertainer. You bring hope people over all the time. I... I I guess. I mean, here you're no, just... Your doors hearing... were always open. Yeah, no, I had a lot of friends over, and they came in and out all the time, like different groups of people. Um, my house was like the hangout house, mm -hmm. definitely. Um, but it's funny because I'm like, huh, I'm the creep. <laughs> like, Didn't I, you say that these guys were creepy? And yeah, then, no, I'm wrong. I take it back. Only one of those guys is creepy. <laughs> but I'm the biggest creep because I'm like, this is too innocent. Like, what the fuck does that mean? Like pointing the camera in this poor kid's face, like you're so beautiful. Say something. Yeah, like you're blonde and shiny. <laughs> they basically brought him over so that I could play with him. It's ridiculous. Like I don't know. They were just like, here we brought someone. Meet my friend. He's just like sitting there, like being like, "What do you want me to say?" <laughs> like whips his hair back, being like. I'm here for your entertainment. Wow, that's funny because what I see is like a scared little lamb who's like, I'm shiny and pretty, but I'm terrified. Probably. <laughs> Don't look at me. Shall we uh, listen on? Yeah. Any any other thoughts so, so far? <laughs> I, just, <laughs> I, I, I think that means we move on. <laughs> I just hate me. <laughs> like, what a bitch. I'm going to snapshot this. <laughs> Screw his hair up. Like okay, leave it there, leave it there, move your, move your hand. Let me just zoom in here. <laughs> Are you messing with him? Uh, <laughs> I know, isn't that so cool? Hey, Emmett Smith. <laughs> Lovely snapshot there. <laughs> Get together. Give him a kiss, cat. Ooh, perfect. Got him in the picture? Yeah, I got some of him. Turn into each other and do like that little cuddling thing that you do. What? Just cuddle. What the hell? 
There you go. That's going to be a nice snapshot. This is awesome. Vogue. Catherine and Tom. Tom, who looks like a senior. I thought so. What grade do I look like I'm in? Ninth. I'm just kidding. You know, you never can guess a girl's imagine, age because. Imagine, yeah, girls always look older. No, because what you do is, you guess too high, and they get mad at you. you guess too young, they get mad at you. You never can guess. <laughs> yeah, oh wait, the being a ninth grader would be something. I thought you meant imagine you're 40, 40 as a couple. No, that's not a good thing. When you're older, you want to be younger. You be yep. No, actually, I just want to stay like 18. Oh, that's good. Stay 21. Then. I don't like drinking. Do you like drinking? No, that's for sure. No, not good. Do you like drinking? No, you're straight edge. Yeah. Straight edge is the way to be. Straight edge is great. I'm straight edge. Yeah, right. Fuck you, I am now. <laughs> I quit. Oh, yeah, okay. I think. The reason everybody's in my house and I'm in pajamas is because, like, I have mono. And you just kissed this kid anyway and gave him mono potentially? I don't know. I Did you ever see cheek. him again? Yeah. Okay, so he didn't get mono. Not that I know of. Oh, okay. No. Okay. He did get chigger bites once. <laughs> Unrelated. Wait, what is it? <laughs> okay, so this boy that they've brought to me, <laughs> I assume, so that I can play with him because he's shiny. Yeah. Um, And has hair that's malleable. You see that, right? Yeah. His hair is erect. Oh, man. It's, you know, if I had known, I would have had my hair much longer than I knew. That was what the key was for the uh, object of affections to uh, flirt, was to have hair to play with. Yeah. The thing is, his, his is the perfect length because it stays up. Uh, yeah. Yeah, if it's too long, it'll... Yeah. Not enough blood to fill it. Nah, it'll stay flopsy. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, man. I don't know. <laughs> So, you know, where, 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 to, where do we begin? Yeah. So he read my tarot cards and told me that um, the guy that I was into was like, I don't know, he told, us, told me all this stuff that like he was going to die in a car crash, something about our daughter and like all this stuff that like fucked up my young brain. Like? Well, just the, like the guy I was into, um, the boyfriend that's in this tape. That I like, quote unquote, never got over that and guy. And the one who's it's a one who's recording. No, that's my friend Danny. Right. Who's actually not a creep. I take it back. Okay. You said that the guy is in it though. It was in, in the later videos or the earlier videos. That person that's in it, in that, um, is the one that he, Tom was like, yeah, you're, you're, he's gonna like crash his car recklessly and your daughter or something. I don't know. Weird. But like, I thought that that was real for a long time, but. It could have just been some boy who's like, yeah, it's not going to work out. <laughs> Trust me, I read the tarot cards. Um, straight edge is the way to go. I uh, was not straight edge, as we discussed earlier. I wasn't either. I love how we are, we are talking about straight edgeness and the fact that there was a metal song earlier. <laughs> there's a metal song that we just heard. And there's a, talks about being straight edge as a sort of a callback to our previous talk set, which is not uh, prescient whatsoever. 
brilliant. I think it was well planned. The show was well planned. <laughs> totally well planned. Yeah. Um, yeah, a snake eating its own tail. I kind of like, it's funny because while we were watching this, I was like, oh, what is this fucking voice? How do, why do I sound like this? Like, what am I trying to sound do? like what? This voice that I'm doing in this you, thing. You're in high school. Yeah. And then Matt's like, you sound like that still. And I'm like, what? That blew my mind. Um, and I also feel like I'm giving off, like, I think her name is Daisy from The Great Gatsby vibes. Um, you're I, giving off Daisy vibes? Yeah, I think so. Daisy vibes. Yeah. What about Daisy vibes? Just like, oh, I don't know. You know, just like. Oh, whatever. Who cares? You're blonde. Like, just, I don't know. Vacant? Like, airy? Did you consider yourself an airy, vacant person? Not necessarily, but maybe I'm going for something. I don't know. I Somebody that I dated was like, why do you pretend to be dumb? I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> so, I don't know. So, this is exi- an exhibit of, yeah. of prime material showing just what that means to be on display like what am i trying to be marilyn monroe what the fuck is this i don't know being somebody who is in high school this is your chance to either act out or be a a shriveled flower the guy who's in the the corner who's just sort of like hovering over you while you're uh tending to your boy toy is just sort of like awkwardly just like kind of this shell of a you know a social person i relate to him albeit much differently because he's tall and sort of hovers versus me where I would just be probably uh, on the other end of the camera like your friend Danny. Danny is my friend. I think this guy was the guy with the car. I think that's how. Yeah, that would make sense because, you know, earlier in the first section he was talking about, uh, or he was on To the, his mother. He was, yeah, exactly. He was using the house phone mm-hmm. to say, I'm going to be home. Don't worry. I'm going to be, I'm just at a friend's house. Yeah. Which is weird because everybody has cell phones. I'm always using a house phone. Some people still hold on to them. Yeah. It's but years, valuable. Years and years later, Tom came back into my life after going to the army and he had all these spots on his leg. I'm like, what the fuck is that? He's like, it's chigger bites. Let's not think about that. Chigger bites. Continuing. It's not supposed to be like pants. It's supposed to be like, you know, like a beach thing. But since it's open, I'll wear pants. See, everybody likes the other one better. Yeah. Oh, yeah? Mm-hmm. Okay. I'll do that again. I gotta snapshot that. I only know one other person can do that. Oh, yeah. Are you getting this done there? Yes. That's crazy. I think Colado must have done that because he can. Mm-hmm. He also got uh, plastic surgery one big breast right in the middle of his chest. Are you serious? Well, that's what I heard. I never saw it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it must suck when you asked like, Michael. Did you see? No. Everyone will suffer now. I, I don't know. Freddie Marilyn Manson. <laughs> I love him. It's crazy. Yeah. No, wait, you want like that? 
Right. I've got one of his eyes, see? Oh, yeah. You have two different color eyes. Yeah. One's a glass eye. No kidding? I think so, isn't it? Well, you would know. You love them. Okay, ready? I only know what I hear. Did you take ballet when you were young? Nope. Natural, huh? It's yep. just a natural, uh, bendable principle. <laughs> natural principle. Let's talk about lifestyle differences. Uh, these guys are spending their evening or their weekend hanging out with uh, a cool, rad co-ed, effectively, who is uh, opening up her home to uh, just sort of sitting around using this camera that takes photos, this video camera that takes <laughs> photos, so listening edgy. to Marilyn Manson, just sitting around, putzing, chatting about fuck all, and you're like going back and forth and changing and like doing stretches with your legs you're basically like thriving on being the center of attention in this moment in time and without um, without any provocation without any like hesitance whatsoever yeah and i grew out of that when i started performing mm. or i got better at hiding it <laughs> i don't know yeah, I mean, like, this whole, I think, center of attention uh, mentality uh, follows us when we get older. Because we learned over the years that uh, it's not necessarily an ideal place to be talked about or seen by everybody. But you still want to create and put yourself out there? No, I want everybody to talk about me. All right. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. It's, 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 it's me. It's, uh, it's something that I've been grappling with myself lately as somebody who uh, used to act all the time and be on stage. But I didn't want that being center of attention to necessarily transfer off the stage. You know what I'm saying? I know now because that's how I am now. Right. Um, now it's like if I'm on stage, shut the fuck up and listen. And if I'm talking, like, shut the fuck up and listen, don't interrupt. But for the most part... Um, in public or social, I hate small talk. I don't like talking to people. I hate hanging out at the bar. Mm. I hate all that. Like, I do it because I know you have to. Like, okay, you've done an event. You've done a thing. Now you have to, like, hang out for a little bit for at least a drink with people and do small talk and talk about, like, <sighs> stores you've been to. <laughs> you know? <laughs> when you did it, did you ever, you, did, you never did any shows? You never did, like, any plays when you were a kid? I... Hated theater. You hated theater. I hated theater. I was never going to do theater. It was for squares. And then I was going to be like a film actress. And mm -hmm. then I wound up doing improv. That's right. Which is definitely on a stage. Talking a little bit about the involvement with improv, uh, it seems that you've uh, definitely found a new calling off mic, uh, sort of cultivating and being a part of a talent show circuit if you will at the nyc talent show at the creek in the cave which is uh sundays at 9 p.m at creek in the cave um do you suppose that you have seen anything that's nearly as gnarly and brilliant as Faceboy did at the radical vaudeville show all those years ago i've asked him to come do it <laughs> mm, the same act yeah i'm like just do it no all those it. years later it. yeah you have to he's like you know i should break it out again he did it once one time only and i saw it the one time he did it and i thought it was brilliant and i don't know why he won't do it again um but i've seen some amazing things happen there like juno 
Tempest, who is on our star scene at Radio at 7 on Saturdays, she inserted a shot into her butt. Okay. That was huge for me um, watching that. I mean, not for me, but like that was huge, I, I think, uh, <laughs> like seeing that. Um, people have come and done presentations, which I love. I like when anybody comes and does something that's not comedy. Yeah. You know, um, dancers, individual musicians, like independent musicians. I sense I'm going to probably do something there sometime. You should. And you should do it before we're not working. Like, I don't know how long we'll be working with Camp Frog, but like right now, Camp Frog gives us, sponsors us so that we can give money to performers. Mm-hmm. Uh, if people on Camp Frog Live are watching at home and they want to send gems or gifts, whatever, that then translates into actual money that we put in performers' pockets. And I think that's so wonderful to give to artists. Before we, we wrap up, we are recording from the rec room here in beautiful Bushwick, Brooklyn. And uh, the rec room is host of the Radio Free Brooklyn Teen Squad, which is part of an after-school program that Radio Free Brooklyn is fortunate to be starting up again in this next school year. They will learn media literacy through media making using a hands-on approach guided by the local pros. So participate, donate to it. Go to radiofreebrooklyn.org slash afterschool. And again, remember, all your donations are tax deductible to the fullest extent of the law. Thank you again to Catherine Dunn. Thank you so much, Catherine. Thank you, Alon. Grateful once again for uh, you uh, keeping me company on this week's edition of Lost and Rewound. I'm glad that we were able to laugh at each other a little <laughs> bit more, as I know that we are both very comfortable doing. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> uh, that's Catherine Dunn. I'm Alon Danziger. Come back and listen to us and get embarrassed with us on Radio Free Brooklyn for another edition of Lost and Rewound next week. Bye-bye. All kinds of you'll be crying all day, like a bitch. Move this yoga so